What's up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to episode 125 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for listening. In this episode, I speak about TJ Dillashaw getting popped for injectable EPO. I also speak about watching The Vice, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and a documentary on Quincy Jones. Stick around if you think you'd be interested in any of that stuff. But before we jump in, a quick word on how you can help support the Spawn Today podcast. For those of you that are new to the podcast, there's a couple ways you can help support. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform. Another way you can help support the podcast is by shopping on Amazon. But instead of going to Amazon.com, go to SpunToday.com and click on the Affiliate Links tab on my website. There you'll see an Amazon banner. Click that and it'll take you to Amazon.com. There you'll do your shopping like you normally do and it will not cost you anything extra. But it will help support the podcast just for driving traffic to their website. TJ, 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 man. What a fucking letdown that was. Former bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw of the UFC was popped for using injectable EPO. EPO is a performance-enhancing drug. It's actually a hormone that your body produces in the kidneys and regulates red blood cells. Athletes that compete in elite endurance sports inject additional EPO, which the like the it's full scientific name, or whatever you want to call it, is erythropoietin, aka EPO. And what it does is that it thickens a person's blood, and in doing so, increases your red blood cell red blood cell count. And allows you to perform more. You know, it gives you more endurance. You can go for longer. You can recover faster. You can do more. But listen to what it does. It literally thickens a person's blood. So the negative effects of it are that it can increase the risk of blood clots. People have gotten strokes from injecting EPO. And according to USADA, which is an independent uh, drug agency, aside from the mandated athletic commission uh, drug testing that UFC athletes have are subjected to, there's a, an additional layer that the UFC independently uh, pays for, which is uh, USADA. And according to Jeff Nowitzki of USADA, uh, USADA EPO is towards the top of the list of performance-enhancing drugs that someone can do. And by towards the top of the list, I mean uh, in terms of, like, seriousness. Like, it's definitely not, like, a mistake or, like, a tainted supplement. Like, they, you know, took creatine and the vats that the company used to mix the creatine were the same vats used to mix some sort of, you know, banned substance and... There's some residue in it, in the creatine from it, and that, you know, created a tainted supplement, etc. It's not something, it's not that type of scenario, which has happened. It's just straight up 100% cheating. And TJ got popped for this from a sample submitted 
prior to the Henry Cejudo fight, which he lost. And what's a, an additional layer deep of uh, fuck-upedness when it comes to that is that that fight, which I, I've spoken about previously in this podcast, the fight against Henry Cejudo was a champ-champ fight. It was the 125-pound champ, which is Henry Cejudo, versus the 135-pound champ, which is TJ Dillashaw. And TJ went down in weight to uh, try to take Henry Soto's uh, belt. It was this uh, super fight that was literally poised to ending the 125-pound division. The UFC was contemplating doing away with, with that division. Apparently, there's like just a handful of fighters that are actual draws in that division and they were gonna like force them to come out to 135 to strengthen that division and just do away with the do away with the 125 but henry cejudo the 125 pound champ won and put a the kibosh on all those plans at least for the time being so imagine tj delishaw on epo would have won and like shut down that division and then this news like comes out you know what i mean that would have been some extra fucked up shit now something else that came to light via this news is that usada does not test for epo all the time it's not one of the tests that they run each and every time they test for other steroids each and every time but not for epo and UFC president Dana White was uh, reportedly, you know, pissed off about this, saying, you know, all the money that we spent uh, for USADA, why aren't they testing for anything and everything under the sun? So hopefully this is something that uh, spurs EPO levels actually being tested in all fights. Um, they do have pass samples from fighters, right? USADA keeps, as an agency, uh, they keep samples blood samples uh, urine samples for x amount of years i don't know how many um so they can go back and have gone back in tj's case to test uh for epo and uh f- from samples from previous fights like his uh historic fights against cody garbrandt where he beat cody for the title and then uh beat him again in a rematch and those actually tested negative for epo so by all accounts and purposes, he was not uh, doing EPO during those fights. TJ posted a uh, public apology on Instagram that uh, you all can watch. It was just him sitting down with uh, uh, like a sling on his arm because he just got the shoulder surgery. That felt kind of, you know, even though he showed like the stitches and shit like that from the surgery that um felt kind of contrived he fessed up to the whole thing you know what else is is he gonna do right um but he just said that he fucked up he's gonna take his his punishment as it comes and that you know he apologized for letting everybody down etc etc i think he said something along the lines of uh, he wants his son to be able to see that, you know, if he fucks up, you know, man up and apologize and, like, own your shit. 
which I guess is a positive message, but fuck, man. Why'd you have to do it in the first place? Why create the situation that led to this, you know? But who knows, man. I mean, TJ was a beast since the uh, brow fights. And he was literally the only fighter that I thought, without a doubt, he was like in that sweet spot division of 135. And I thought he was, without a doubt, the fighter that would be able to become a three-division champ, the first that we would have seen, by going down to 125 like he did, fighting Cejudo, which I thought he was going to beat him. And then after that, going up to 145, and although Max Holloway versus TJ would be probably a competitive fight, my guess would be that it would be a competitive fight, uh, and Holloway would be the favorite. But if TJ could pull that that upset off, he he you know it's at least like a possibility. And I can't think of any other fighter within the range of uh, being able to make any other three weight classes has the ability and opportunities to become a three division champ. And TJ was literally, like, the only fighter in the entire roster that I thought could pull something like that off. And then this crazy shit comes out. What a fucking shame. What a shame. They gave him a suspension for two years. So he's fucked until January of 2020, was it? No, or 2021. Something crazy like that. I don't think he's ever going to fight again. That's my prediction. If he does, maybe he'll come back for one fight. And that's it. But I don't see... I mean, TJ's what? He's in his mid-30s, at least. He's 33 years old now. So, in two years, he'll be 34, 35. I guess he could still compete for, like, another year or two. When he comes back. If he comes back. Be 35. Yeah, he could do it. Especially if he stays in shape and stuff like that. Um, but fuck, man. He's a fucking cheater. That's it. Tainted legacy forever. It's like, I'll, I'll never look at him the same way again. Will I watch his fight? It's sure. Like, more sort of, like, curiosity. Like, let's see how he does after such a long layover, etc. But, yeah. Definitely not the same. He is going to... He had that one uh, shoulder surgery... That, again, I felt like he was like, trying to get sympathy for that. Um, then, after recuperating from that one, he mentioned that he's going to get the other shoulder um, a surgery on that one as well. And it's going to feel good to like fix them up because they've been fucked up for, for a couple years. And he's been fighting and you know working like through them because he didn't want to take a layover. So, he's going to take the opportunity of the two-year suspension and work on on shit like that. Which I guess is smart on his part, like might as well, right? But yeah, it's just a an unfortunate situation that someone at the top of their game that apparently didn't he's already the one thirty five pound champ. Like why risk tainting all of that by taking EPO to go down and wait to fight at one twenty five? I don't know. Like, do you want to win? If if you want to win that bad, that you have to cheat, it's like you shouldn't be competing. Whatever it is that you need to cheat at 
to be able to win. You shouldn't want it that bad. Next up is The Vice, which is a based on a true story movie by Adam McKay, starring Christian Bale, about vice president to George W. Bush, Dick Cheney. This was such a good movie. And Adam McKay was the director of The Big Short, which was an amazing movie, also starring uh, Christian Bale, who did a great job in that. The book, uh, The Big Short, is also amazing. Written by uh, Michael Lewis, which wrote the uh, like uh, Moneyball. But back to the vice. Christian Bale, for the role, put on 40 pounds... And really shaved his head for it. He's one of those uh, method actors that really gets into his roles. He did an amazing job. He's like super believable. The way he spoke, his mannerisms. Like you didn't see Christian Bale. You saw Dick Cheney while you were watching that movie. And it's obviously uh, based on a, on a true story. So take everything with a grain of salt. But as depicted in the movie... Dick Cheney was a sick son of a bitch who had a very narrow and like skewed moral compass. And a lot of what you see in the movie sounds like unbelievable, but there are certain things that I know to be true from reading about it in the past or hearing corroborating stories previous uh, to the movie that had I not, those things would have sounded unbelievable. So I say that just to reiterate that. Dick Cheney was a sick fuck. <laughs> but things that I'm referring to are like him being the CEO of Halliburton, which had uh, no-bid contracts to from the government to rebuild Iraq after the invasion, which in essence means that after, quote, stepping down from running Halliburton and becoming vice president and pushing for the invasion of Iraq, the government chose randomly and magically Halliburton to be the company that goes into Iraq to rebuild it and they made hundreds of millions of dollars off that no bid contract and by no bid I mean a contract that was handed and given to Halliburton directly as opposed to putting it out there for companies to make their best offer and the government going with the cheapest company that could do the job that didn't happen it was just handed over to Halliburton I wonder why uh, the heart attacks, you know, Dick Cheney is known to have had heart attacks. He had a heart transplant. Um, one of the, like, a, I guess like a fun, you know, it's not funny to have a heart attack, obviously, but one of the funnier stories related to having a heart attack is that people are saying that Dick Cheney was really the Antichrist because there's some story in the Bible about uh, the Antichrist not having a, a heart or not having a pulse. And Dick Cheney had no pulse. I, I, I don't know if they changed that now, but he had a, a type of pacemaker that would continuously stream the blood through his body as opposed to having the pumping effect that a normal heart has. This pacemaker was just like set to like stream. So... That pumping of the heart is what uh, correlates to your your pulse, 
that like pumping pulse that you have. But since he had that streaming shit, he didn't have a pulse. So they were like, you know, making that correlation of he's actually the Antichrist, you know, responsible for so many deaths in the world and stuff like that. And the whole not having a pulse thing. Um, you know, people have always said that during the George W. Bush presidency, Dick Cheney was really the guy behind the scenes pulling all the strings. And this movie pretty much shows just that. He didn't have the traditional symbolic vice president role. He was much more active and involved. There's a scene in the movie where he's uh, speaking with George Bush and tells him that he would agree to be his vice president if he uh, could be in charge of the military and foreign policy and the energy sector, Halliburton, um, and stuff like that. I don't know how true you know, the happening of that conversation was, but uh, he's definitely touted as having been a vice president that was really running the show as opposed to the actual president, George W. Bush, which people largely felt was was incompetent and only got in because of his name recognition and you know, being the son of George H. W. Bush, previous president prior to Bill Clinton. Another story, which I know was true, that was popular when it happened, was uh, the hunting scene. There's a hunting scene where they're uh, duck hunting and or pheasant hunting, whatever you call it, and they he accidentally shoots one of the guys that he's hunting with in the face, and you know it's not like a, a direct bullet; it's a like shotgun, so it's like the you know, a shotgun is a bullet, like a large pellet, but it bursts in a lot of tiny little, like, BBs kind of um, come out. And that, like, a bunch of those hit the guy in the face. The guy didn't die or anything. But the funny part is that the guy apologized for getting in the way of Dick Cheney's gun. So, how... How much of a fucking monster does someone have to be to shoot you in the face and have you apologize to him for him shooting you in the face? <laughs> That's some sick shit. Um, besides that, a cool story that I heard in an interview with uh, Christian Bale and Adam McKay was that Adam McKay, uh, in preparation for this movie, read 18 books on Dick Cheney, and uh, during the filming of the movie, um, he was smoking a lot, chain smoking, and eating, you know, eating recklessly, as uh, Dick Cheney used to, Dick Cheney supposedly used to eat a dozen donuts a day, and smoke three packs of cigarettes a day, healthy guy, and hashtag fuck a diet, hashtag I don't feel that fat anymore. Adam McKay felt like a like a tingling in his arm and wound up uh he was like speaking with Christian Bale and Christian Bale mentioned like one of the symptoms of a heart attack could be that like tingling in the arm and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a, a chest clenching type of pain and Adam McKay uh ran to his office and drank two uh four I think he said uh, baby aspirins and they called 911, and according to him, the doctor told him 
that because he did that, he he didn't receive damage to his actual heart. <clears throat> Which is ultimately a good thing for Adam K. So the moral of the story is if you feel like you're having a heart attack, grab a fist full of baby aspirins and protect your heart. Just kidding, kids. Don't try that at home. But yeah, it's definitely a dope movie and worth a watch. I think it's one of the movies that was up for, like, movie of the year or up for an Oscar or something. It's definitely a good one. Next up is Ralph Breaks the Internet. I thought it was really good. It was... I'm not going to say it wasn't as good as the first one. I'm not going to say it was. It... It was a good movie in and of itself. Like, I enjoyed watching it just like I enjoyed watching the first one. And I thought particularly dope was the way that they showed, they visually showed what the internet was. Like, the way they depicted it visually was awesome. I think it was, like, dead on. And it's like they go into the internet, uh, Ralph does, and um, Sarah Silverman. I forget her character's name, the glitch girl, uh, go into the internet. And just visually, you see like apps all over the place. You see a Facebook building and Google and, you know, all the popular apps. And there's like these annoying street peddlers coming up to you, handing out flyers about like ridiculous things. And those are representing pop-up ads that you get when, when you're on the internet there's a like a search engine bar that's like uh i believe it was an owl i'm not positive uh, but you go up to him and you start speaking to him you ask him questions like where something is and as you're speaking the sentence he's filling in the sentence for you he's like pre- trying to predict what you say you know it's kind of funny and confusing for someone that's asking the question like if you want to say you know where is the car or something like that you say like where is and he says cat crowbar cow and you're like no car where's the car anyway you get the drift they did a really good job with that portion of visualization of the internet and that was like a big part of the movie obviously it's called ralph breaks the internet so if they hadn't pulled that off, it would have made for a much crappier movie. Not crappier, because it wasn't crappy, but it would have made for probably a shit movie. Check it out, it's called Ralph Breaks the Internet. And last but not least, I'm going to speak about a documentary that I watched on HBO that you all should watch too. It it was on Quincy Jones, and I believe it's just called Quincy. And for those of you that don't know, I didn't know a lot of this. Quincy Jones has been in showbiz for 60 plus years. He's still alive. And he was born in 1933. So he's like 86 now. And he is an American... A uh, record producer, a musician himself, a composer, a film producer. He's won 28 Grammys. He won uh, the Grammy Legend Award. 
And he was nominated in total for 80 Grammys, which is crazy. He was the first African-American to be nominated for an Academy Award. He created the original score for the 1967 film In Cold Blood, which earned him his second Academy Award. He was a classically trained musically. He was the producer for Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album, the Thriller album, the Bad album. He produced and conducted the We Are The World song in the 80s. The We Are The World, We Are The Future. Where like all the celebrities like got together and like sang the song. That was him that put that together. And that was uh, raising funds for victims of famine in Ethiopia. What else? What else? He worked with Michael Jackson, like I said, Frank Sinatra. He was born in the south side of Chicago. They went through his childhood, which was kind of sad. His mother was a schizophrenic, and she wasn't around. He wrote musical arrangements for folks like Duke Ellington and Ray Charles. He has a shitload of film credits. Uh, one of the ones that stand out most to me is that Steven Spielberg normally works with one composer, John Williams. And besides John Williams, he's worked with two others, which is Thomas Newman. And the other one is Quincy Jones. Jones is, uh, Quincy Jones is also responsible for putting on uh, folks like uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah Winfrey probably heard of her before like to this day like oprah still credits quincy saying like without him she wouldn't be like who she is and where she's at he's responsible for creating uh tv shows like the fresh prince of bel-air and putting on will smith and really introducing uh, will smith into acting the uh, production company that he created also put out another little known show called Mad TV, which ran for 14 seasons. It's just, it's just like a sick, sick reach Quincy Jones has. It's like everything he touched, like, turned to gold. It's a really great documentary that I recommend you folks watch. And I just want to close with one of my favorite stories, which is related to Will Smith and how the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air concept uh, uh, came to be. And the story is based on or the character or like the general plot of the of the show the fresh prince of bel-air which is my number one favorite sitcom of all time is based on uh the real life story of benny medina which went from you know he had some issues and i I don't remember if it was philly or somewhere on the east coast and his mother made a move to Watts in in California. Or vice versa. He was in Watts, had some issues, and his mother made a move to New York. Some shit like that. But that's where, like, the idea uh, for the show and I, I believe the, like, the pilot episode was written based on, based on his life experience. And the story goes that, and I think I shared a, a video with you guys of Will Smith explaining this in a, a separate interview. The story goes that Will Smith has had just put out his like first music album, uh, you know, with Jazzy Jeff did crazy well. I think it went platinum, and 
he had no money though because he didn't pay taxes didn't know he had to and then all of this money went to that and he was just like spending money like like mad and his second album flopped so he tells the story of how he was like on a bus and you know technically famous you know and people on the bus kind of ask him like yeah what the hell are you doing on, on the bus aren't you like rich and famous and he was just kind of like whatever you know anyway down on his luck in a funk he says that he spoke to he was uh, speaking to his girl and at the time and his girl motivated him saying yo you can't just lounge around the house you have to like go wherever shit is happening um you know go go where you know go around hollywood go to parties go to you know be around people that are doing things and he wound up taking her advice wound up going to the arsenio hall show where i believe he was invited to a party at quincy's house and there quincy wound up pitching the show idea to him and saying that he saw will in like the parents don't understand video music video and other music videos and and thought he had like good acting chops and he wanted to um cast him in this in this idea for the show and will was like you know i don't act or whatever uh but i appreciate it blah 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 and then quincy was like listen they supposedly you know they're in the middle of a party in quincy's house the president of, of nbc is there which is the network that ultimately housed the uh fresh prince and uh quincy was like no no you know you got to do this whatever and uh will was like all right you know give me give me give me a week and i'll come into your office you know let me prepare for this you know if i if i am gonna do it i want to do it right and quincy was like all right um but you see that guy over there that's the that's the president of nbc if you say that you want to wait a week a week's going to come and then he's going to be busy and then one week is going to turn to two weeks and then two weeks is going to turn into a month. And then Will was like, yeah, you know, a month, you know, that sounds better. You know, maybe I could get an acting coach and then, you know, we could do it then. And Quincy was like, listen, you can do this ad hoc rehearsal here like I want you to do in front of the president of NBC and change your your life trajectory in the next five minutes or you can take the risk of waiting a month and that opportunity not being there a month from now and then will was like all right fuck it i'll do it and um you know they acted out this scene from a script and the story goes that right then and there quincy like pressed the president of that of nbc saying it's good right he's good you know this show could be a hit or whatever, and then he agrees verbally, and then Quincy says, all right, so let's drop a contract right now. If you're really into it, let's draw something up, something to lock us all in now, you know, preliminary, but, you know, legal. You know, there were, like, lawyers there at the party and stuff like that, and the way the story goes, they wrote on, a, you know, one-page loose-leaf a preliminary contract for uh i don't know eight how many episodes six episodes or or whatever of uh, pilot season release of the fresh prince and 
the rest is history. Wound up going on for six seasons, 148 episodes, and it's largely responsible for launching Will Smith's acting career. So when folks like Will Smith, Oprah Winfrey, Whoopi Goldberg, and countless others, Michael Jackson, Frank Sinatra, all bow to you, you know that you're a special dude, man. That Quincy Jones has done a shit ton and has reached and touched so many lives. It's like truly a special person. We should be so lucky within our own creative spaces to have a fraction of that level of influence and, and reach. Check out the documentary. It's called Quincy on HBO. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. And that's all I got for you folks. That is episode 125 of the Spun Today podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Once again, my name is Tony Ortiz. Stick around, listen to some tunes in the background. And then listen to a myriad of ways you can help support the Spun Today podcast. Would you like to receive a short email from me once a week? You know that feeling you have on a Monday at work when you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost letter is here. In this short weekly newsletter, you will receive five things. One is a photograph of the week from a photographer, a podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts, dozens and dozens of podcasts, hundreds of episodes. And I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind. And a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntrade.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one. For any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. It's located at spuntray.com forward slash questionnaire. And what it is, is five open-ended questions related to your craft. 
it's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so what are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating what inspires you etc etc stuff like that and what i do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast now you can choose to remain anonymous if you choose to you have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire and if you do not choose to remain anonymous i give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free whatever it is that you have going on so i appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me as well as the rest of the listeners of the sponsor Today podcast which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire now you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways one way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to sponsor.com forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page. And there you will see a banner for Amazon. You literally just click on that and it takes you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or whatever it is on iTunes, feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well if you want to make a one-time paypal donation feel free to do so there's a paypal donation button on there as well within that same tab you'll also find a link to the spun today viral style store now the viral style store is a store where you can get spun today merch whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that i personally designed and spoiler alert i'm no I'm no Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff, (laughs) but I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a play off of Snoop, Dre and Nate Dogg's smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day with like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis. If you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool and it there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works, but I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service for your account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have Patreon pages. And you can choose to, for example, donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis. So the Spun Today podcast has two uh, episodes a month. So if you donate a dollar to it, it'll be two dollars a month, basically. And you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis. There are zero fees. You can cancel at any time. No hassle, no bullshit. And it's uh, it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated. And also, it's not just like a, for example, uh, a PayPal donation, which is just that. But 
through Patreon, it allows the creator, in this case being myself, to set up a reward system, if you will. So if you donate a dollar per episode, you are considered a tier one supporter. If you donate $3 per episode, you are a second tier supporter, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes up to four tiers and each tier gets different things like uh, tier one gets a free spun today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast tier three gets uh gets those two things from tier one as well as a free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else etc etc so check that out if you will and uh, visit my patreon page at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash spun today Another great, amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it. This costs you absolutely nothing. Whether you listen on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Player FM, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Tumblr, or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends and family and tell them, yo, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, (laughs) it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at spun today like the facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash spun today subscribe to my youtube page as well all podcast episodes are available on youtube as well as clipped versions for example with the random rant episodes you know i speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone which is also available on youtube but you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks so check that out you can also support by checking out my book make way for you tips for getting out of your own way it's a quick short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation and you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books there you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition as well as a couple of audio excerpts if you're interested you can purchase it wherever books are sold kindle ibooks Kobo in ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books. Drop in your email address at the bottom of the page and I'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks again for checking out this episode. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.